morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, back from the Windy City. And let me tell you what, uh, they call it that for a reason. The wind blew every second we were there, uh, and it was quite cold. Well, it was only if you're in Arizona, right? It was in the 30s, somewhere between 35 and 50 pretty much all the time with the wind gusting, but we've made it back and uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. I will tell you what, I'm glad I don't live it. I- I'll just say it. And I know my son goes to college up there, and and uh, the reason why we, we I wasn't here yesterday is we took our younger son uh, to tour Northwestern. Uh, he is, uh, well, let's just say this. I don't know who his father is because he's awfully smart and uh yeah that's the type of school he's looking at so we we took him up there yesterday and i will tell you what no doubt about it gorgeous campus i mean these buildings are incredible it's right on the lake uh yeah i still wouldn't go there and i know it's a great school but it was freezing cold but but nonetheless uh i am back today ready to get at it gold continuing to run is it a normal correction on Wall Street? What's going on? The Saudis are killing people. Trade wars breaking out everywhere. What's the Fed going to do? They're going to keep raising rates. Trump sending out tweets. We got it all for you today. 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. We keep you all comfortably disturbed out there. All kinds of articles and videos, and uh, we got the medals program, all the, the shopping cart. You can do it all out there at allamericangold.com. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, and, and I don't even know where to start. Uh, I, I want to talk about. Uh, well, let's just say this: today we got a relief rally uh, on, on Wall Street. Uh, the earnings were not great. But good enough, you know, and this is kind of what they're they're trying to keep the party going as the air lets out of the balloon. Walmart came out this morning and actually said, you know what, 2019, not going to be as good as we thought already. And this is going to be the trend, uh, and, and we'll see this play out more and more, and I think a lot of people are right to to question uh, the rate hikes and how many are there going to be. I'm convinced we're going to do it again in December, uh, and and that's going to be the final the final straw. I actually think they'll do it at least once, if not twice, next year before they realize what has really happened. And of course, when you look at the gold and silver market, everybody's looking for a place to hide. Today we had a brand new auction. Yep, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? Morning and afternoon, we got to get out there and sell that debt. And we had a brand-new debt instrument, a two-month bill. So we have a a one-month, and we had a three-month, and a six-month, and and a year, and a two-year, and a five-year, and a seven-year, ten-year, a thirty-year. Throw in a bunch of those same... uh, Durations, but adjusted for inflation, what they call tips. Got all of those. Today we had our first two-month bill, $25 billion of two-month bills, 
forty billion dollars of what they call four week or one month bills. Uh, so sixty five billion dollars sold this morning, probably something similar again this afternoon. And then we're going to talk about the debt because they came out with a number well still horribly bad looked a lot better than it actually was we're going to tell you all about it so now this is what has to happen right we we need to spin it we need to be able to uh, give the appearance that things aren't as bad as what they really are because if they're as bad as they really are then people may get worried. So we're going to talk about those. Uh, the the government, it was another record for September, by the way. Uh, and, and I mean record and not in a good way. It was a record. The government moved, uh, uh, we'll, we'll call them accounting tricks. Used record amounts of accounting tricks to get the deficit down to $780 billion, which is a 17% increase over what it was a year ago, but really it was almost a 30%. Uh, We're going to talk about that, break it down, and then my favorite guy, Jeffrey Gunlotch, we're going to play him. He was on CNBC. We're talking about the debt markets, and listen, this is really when you talk about the full faith and credit of the United States. When you talk about the value of your hard-earned dollars, you got to look right there. This is where it starts. And, and he's going to come out and he's going to tell you where the bond market is heading. And you think about when the 10-year note hit 325, how poorly Wall Street reacted. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to play him in the next segment talking about where he thinks the 10-year note is going to go and then of course we can all kind of surmise where where wall street is going to go but the other thing that here's what i loved about it he gave a bunch of information about what the government has been doing and specifically the treasury to try to hide how bad the debt really is so we got that all coming up uh, and a bunch more here at Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. And, of course, we'll talk about gold, silver, platinum, and all the rest when we return. 800-951-0592. Listen, I don't want you to get caught up in day-to-day. I don't. Because it really doesn't matter. What happened yesterday, what happens today, what happens tomorrow? Well, it's important. It's not as important as understanding where you're at. If you're 85 or 90 and, you know, no, I don't want, not to be morbid, but you're going to be dead soon, maybe it's not as important. Right, and again, I don't help you spiritually, right? You get that somewhere else. I don't help you morally, you get that somewhere else. I try not to get too political. Again, you can get that anywhere. 
What we're talking about is your wealth. Not your finances. Not rice and beans. Not paying off your credit cards or any of that stuff. You get that somewhere else. What we're talking about here is protection. We call it wealth insurance. Right? Just like life insurance and car insurance and health insurance. When you buy gold and when you buy silver, you're essentially saying, you know what, I'm going to buy a little insurance on this money that I busted my backside to get. Because we already know, right, the Federal Reserve now is using the quote-unquote inflation target. Doesn't that sound good, right? It's really, I mean, they're so good at using these phrases. You know, yeah, we've got this target, right? Like, like, like you're playing darts in a bar, and we're aiming for the bullseye. And the case right now is the bullseye is two. Now, remember, it's the two the way we do math, right? I know you do math. One plus one equals two, not at the Federal Reserve. Sometimes one plus one can equal zero. Sometimes it can be a negative. We'll just make it up. But remember what their objective is. Devaluation. That's what that means. This inflation target is nothing more than we want to devalue. And already, and like any good academic, and remember now, everybody there, now I say everybody, okay, nine out of ten, right? They're academics. They've never accomplished anything. And I shouldn't say they, they've accomplished plenty, right? They were probably right at the top of their class, if not at the top of their class. They probably studied with the greatest thinkers that the United States had to offer. And I am sure of it. They are great academics. We all know people like that, right? We call them book smart. They don't really understand how the real world works. They haven't run a business. Right? They don't even employ people. Right? They've never had to be the one accountable for the bottom line. But what they like to do, right, is they like to come up with theories. And everything that they do, and again, this is why fiat money always goes to zero. Because their great economic theory is, well, if you got debt, let's just have more of it. And the way they can do it is through devaluation. And already, you know, just so you know, to put it into context, do you know where the inflation target, you know when it started? About 10 years ago. Yeah. Hasn't been around that long. And already, they had over 300 of their best academics in the system study it. You know what they came back with? 2% is not the right number. Matter of fact, it needs to be a lot higher and or a lot lower, right? And lower is, lower 
meaning negative. But we'll talk about that in a different show. But I want you to understand what it is you're preparing for. Already they're saying, oh, this devaluation, we need more of it. It's got to get bigger. And they're right. They are right. In order to keep the bubble going, that's what they're going to have to do. And this is why you put gold and silver away. It just keeps you whole. It protects you. That's all it does. Now, are there certain times when you can buy gold and do a lot better than others? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Right? When gold's cheap, better to buy it. Right now, I'm telling you, it is very cheap. And cheap's the wrong word. It is very mispriced. It is as mispriced as the 10-year note. It is as mispriced as Wall Street. And what I mean by that is the bond yields are just getting started. Wall Street has probably seen the top. I mean, we, there, could there be another push? Yes, but I don't think so. I think the top is probably here. And, of course, the bottom in gold already happened, but it's still near the bottom. But when we look at what's really happening, what are you getting ready for? Already, Standard & Poor's downgraded the U.S. debt, and we knew this, to AA+. Plus. Of course, that was at during the crash. Moody's just released a new, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, publication, and it's entitled, it's titled, excuse me, Government of the United States Rising Income Rising Income Inequality Will Likely Weigh on Credit Profile. That's the headline. In other words, what Moody's saying is get ready. Here's your warning. We told you a downgrade of the United States is coming. Now, does that mean it's coming next week or next month? No. My guess is 2020, maybe 2022, somewhere in there. It's going to be somewhere in the 2020s. And I think early 2020s. And my guess is there will be more than one. But when we're talking about the deficit, Moody's is repeating what I've been telling you, that the deficit is surging. Inequality is surging along with it. Like they brag about, oh, we've got a record amount of job openings. None of them pay. We've got a record amount of minimum pay jobs. By the way, a lot of empty storefronts starting to pop up. But anyway, they're talking about the need for more social spending to support lower-income households, even as the tax cuts that benefit benefited the wealthy reduce revenues. Now, this is Moody's. I didn't say that. That's what Moody's said. Of course, we know that it does. But what they said was the United States 
It's very obvious to them. We are going to have to spend a lot more money because American households are faltering. And this is this is the problem. Yeah, are we are we working? Yes. Are you able to stay up on your bills? No. And, and, and all of them, you know, so many millions and millions of households, and a lot of you listening fall into this category. You're working as hard as you possibly can, and you're falling behind. And you've gone out, you've gotten the second job. The wife's gone back to work. Maybe she's gotten the second job just to try to stay where you're at. Moody says it's not going to be enough, and here's the problem, right? Now they're saying, hey, we got record high deficits, and no matter what happens, they're surging, and we actually think there's going to be a new problem, which is they're going to have to even give out more aid. Fiscal consolidation efforts that attempted to reduce the burden of entitlement spending, i.e. Social Security and Medicare, talking about hiking payroll taxes and cutting benefits, would ultimately make the problem worse, according to Moody. In other words, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. And remember... Larry Kudlow was talking about it, wasn't he? He was talking about, well, we gotta, we, we're, we're not going to get the tax cuts, but we got to get after these entitlement programs. Moody's thinks it's already a problem, and it's deepening and getting worse. They said that inequality since the financial crisis has worsened. Again, this was just released by Moody's last week, talking about the United States deficit and the likelihood of losing its AAA rating. They said in large part, households in the United States are struggling and that only households at the very top have been able to prosper. Over the past two decades, the top 10% of income earners have enjoyed a 200% increase in their overall median net worth, while the rest have seen a decline. Wow. Well, and to be fair, they did say that about 40% of that has stayed flat. <laughs> right? Again, right? The, the whole thing of, hey, we're working real hard just to stay in, in place. As grim as all that sounds, Moody's believes it's going to get worse. They said that the disproportionate benefit of households with high incomes and very high levels of wealth, well, everybody else is falling behind. They said the burden of student debt. Remember, and I keep telling you, think about this. When I went to college, when my brothers went to people didn't graduate with debt, and if they did, it was small. 
10,000 maybe. Now you're talking about the average kid going to school is graduating with $20,000 worth of debt, $30,000 worth of debt, $50,000, $100,000 worth of debt and more. And this is how they called it prosperity, by putting you into debt and not, not a little debt. It's one thing to issue some kid a credit card with a $500 limit. But that's one thing. But that's what that's what they did when I was in school. Hey, here's a credit card for five hundred bucks or a thousand. This is a whole different animal. And they they talked about the pressures on Congress, and they said that it's a what they're calling a negative feedback loop of systemic proportions. These are huge, strong words. They don't say things like that. And they're talking about the the rising of borrowing costs and the drop of ratings to follow. We're going to hear from Jeff Gunless when we return. He's got a lot to say about the debt. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, Ed Martin. NAFTA has been an American job killer, but so much worse than even that. NAFTA has flooded our communities with illegal drugs and illegal aliens as far away from the southern border as New Hampshire and Iowa. Due primarily to NAFTA, imports to our country from Mexico increased more than five-fold in the first two decades after NAFTA became law. But it is inevitable that this massive increase in legal imports from a crime-ridden foreign country would bring in much that is illegal and harmful, too. In 2015, despite the failure of a pilot test program, President Obama extended NAFTA to allow Mexican trucks to carry loads deep into the United States with drivers having only a Mexican, not American, driver's license. This has harmed towns near the border that had nice businesses to transfer truckloads of Mexican shipments to qualified American drivers for delivery throughout the United States. President Trump should end the invasion of Mexican trucks to the United States and not merely modify it. Mexican trucks are not as safe as American ones, and Mexican drivers have been involved in horrific crashes. One can only guess at how much in illegal drugs flows into our nation from Mexico due to NAFTA, because only a tiny fraction of all incoming containers are actually inspected. Moreover, drugs are cleverly concealed in other shipments to escape detection even when their containers are the subject of inspection. The rise in vicious drug lords and gangs that render Mexico so dangerous today coincided exactly with the NAFTA increase in importations into the United States. Few may remember presidential candidate Ross Perot, but in 1992, he attracted 19% in the presidential election by talking about the giant sucking sound going south if NAFTA became law. The loss of manufacturing jobs has indeed resulted, as American companies use NAFTA to move good jobs to Mexico. Now many of those jobs should be coming back, thanks to President Trump's tough approach to negotiations with Mexico and Canada. Keeping Mexican trucks off our interstate highways will be an added bonus for all Americans. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When it comes to international trade, other countries have long been taking advantage of the American people and our generous spirit. At phyllisschlafly.com, we've got strategies to balance trade and protect the interests of American companies, resources, and citizens. For more, go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. You've been warned. You know what's happening. You know, that's the part I don't get. You know. Why would you risk it? Right. We, we saw last week another warning shot. Right, as the market wavered, and I know it's up today, and and they're going to, oh, it's just a correction. It's not. These aren't just corrections anymore. We're having liquidity problems, right? Because why? Well, (laughs) there's not enough money to go around, and it's all been missed. Price and now Moody's comes out and says, "Hey, just look down the road here." And I'm not talking 30, 40, 50 years. I'm not talking about 2042 or 2032. We're talking soon, 2020, 2021, 2022. Max, max downgrades are coming which means what? Rates are going to skyrocket, which means what? Inflation targets are going to be revised significantly higher. And then you've got my guy. I've talked about Jeff Gunlutz on this show. I can't tell you how many times he's where a lot of the uber-rich that Moody's is talking about that have done so well, this is where they put their money. Uh, He was on the idiot box giving yet another warning and we've got it for you today ramon let's play play uh jeff gunlet you've mentioned the speed in which rates have gone up was it faster than you thought and it also does the fact that it went up in the manner at which it did lead you to believe we're closer to the end of this recent move or merely getting started i i think it's more like uh in the middle of the move what i expected is that when we got to 325 on the third year if we broke above it it would probably break above it with authority and it sure did. I mean, that one day that it broke above 325, I think the long bond dropped over 2%, two points that day, and there was a route across the entire yield curve. And that was followed by weakness the next day, and then another acceleration, which I expected, up to around 344 or so on the 30-year Treasury. That makes sense to pause there. But if you look at the charts and you look at the way the market's behaving, and you think about the trends that are underneath the bond market, it wouldn't be surprising at all to see the 30-year go to 4% uh, before this move of the breakout above 325 is over. And the t- curve should probably steepen, so maybe the, the 10-year Treasury makes it to three, 350 or 360 during that move. One of the things that is really fascinating about this sell-off in bonds is it's happening in the context of a really high a short position against the Treasury market. It was actually by far the highest ever uh, on the data series, not by a small amount, by a very large amount. And with this sell-off, you'd have thought that maybe it would be braked a little bit by all of that short positioning, maybe looking to take profits, because rarely do you have this kind of crowded positioning in a market, and they're all making money on it. So that was really interesting. I think one of the reasons 
that people are comfortable staying short the bond market. Number one, obviously the Fed wants to tighten. And, you know, ultimately, if the short rates go higher, that creates competition because the spread isn't very big. But also, investors are starting to realize just how many bonds are coming at us in the year and two ahead. And I've talked about this repeatedly over the last couple of years. We, have, we had a budget deficit in the United States that went up from around $600 billion a couple of years ago to now the official number for fiscal uh, 18 is a little over $900 billion. But that doesn't really capture how much debt is really being added to, to the national debt in the United States. Because if you just look at the deficit, there are certain things that aren't included in there. Importantly, there's a loan to the Social Security system that is a very big number, and it takes the increase in national debt for the fiscal t- uh, uh, 2018 is not $900 billion. It's $1.271 trillion. And that's a cash accounting way of, of tracking the growth in the debt. If you use accrual accounting, which companies have to do when they report their financial situation, they have to accrue things like pension liabilities. Well, we have pension liabilities in the United States, too, like the veterans' uh, benefits and so on that have been increased. And back a couple years ago, we don't have data for 2018 fiscal yet, I don't think. But a couple couple of years, uh, the the two years before that, I think we had about $400 billion of accrual that is obviously going to have to be borrowed in the future at some point for for these liabilities. So in essence, the actual growth in liabilities is more like $1.7 trillion in the United States. And on top of that, you have the Fed now cranking up quantitative easing to $50 billion a month, which is another $600 billion for fiscal 2019 if they continue on that course, which takes you to around two and a quarter trillion dollars of debt increase, Judge. And this is at a time where we're supposedly in a good economy. GDP, real, was over 4% in the second quarter. It might be in the high threes for the third quarter. And here we are, we're supposed to be having a surplus and the deficit is expanding. Ladle on top of that, the debt to GDP ratios in many other developed countries, and ladle on top of that, $10 trillion per a McKinsey study that came out about a month or two ago, that global corporate bond maturities are something like $10 trillion over the next five years. So there's a kind of a problem with the compounding curve on debt service. And I think that people are starting to realize that we're going to have to take down an awful lot of bonds and we're getting more isolationist in the way we're dealing with things. And maybe we won't have our foreign creditors uh, continue on with their willingness to accept our bonds at these levels so let me ask you uh, that. of yields. Maybe they have to go higher. So think about what he just said. And, and let's forget about uh, all these people making money shorting the, the Treasury market. Set that aside. Talked about the actual debt, which they said on the, you can see it online, it's all over the place, of $779 billion. He didn't even use that. He said, that's not the number. The number was well over $900 billion. One of the things that they did, how did they get from 900 plus billion to 779? The answer was pretty simple. One, they had a calendar issue. We talked about that. Remember the in the the first few days of October, the the debt jumped like a hundred billion dollars overnight. They got lucky by a couple days, but then the Treasury they keep a balance, and it's somewhere 
in in like the three hundred billion dollar right. The, you know they got to pay bills every day. They're writing checks every day, so they have this balance, and they ran it down to make it appear to be better. And so Gunlet said, "Hey, you can't do that." It was nine hundred billion. He goes, but that's only a cash account. If you actually did it the way a company would have to report, the number would have been one point seven trillion. But then he talked about Social Security and the trust fund. I need to correct something that I was I, I misstated it. I'm gonna fix it coming up next. Man, there's there's just so much there. I mean, it was four minutes. The clip was four minutes, and yet so much there. So one of the things, you know, we talk about a big number and a little number, right? And the big number officially one point two seven one trillion. Of course, and I tell you guys all the time, I said, listen, that's your student loan debt goes in there, Fannie and Freddie. But Jeff is right. The difference in Social Security and what we take in, and I'll say Social Security, the difference in payroll taxes, okay? What we take in versus what we spend in Social Security and Medicare. Remember, they tell you, oh, the trust fund's going to run dry in 2032, and I laugh. Right? It, it, it probably doesn't. 2026, best case scenario. That's the best case, okay? I don't know if it, if it even gets there. But here's what you need to know. It's already bankrupt. I didn't know that that's where they were putting it. So right now, and I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to use what, 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 what he said in his interview. It's a big number. And I know that we ran, started running deficits years ago, but now apparently, and I tell you, I mean, he's the bond king. He, he knows. I don't know how big it is, but apparently this number's getting big. Let's just say we took in you know, and I don't know, a, a trillion dollars. We're already spending more than that. Is it 1.1? Is it 1.2? Is it 1.3? So from the government's quote-unquote official number, $779 billion, right? That's the headline you'll see. Deficit the highest in six years, $779 billion. They lie, well, lying's the wrong word. They manipulated that number, which was, and I'm going to guess, because I don't, you know, I, I can't find the exact, I won't know, they won't, I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to find, to know where to go to find it. The Treasury Department just ran down their cash on hand and didn't replenish and made it down to that number. I'll take Jeff's number. Let's call it probably somewhere around $950 billion was the real number. But even so, the government had to borrow in the last 12 months 
from October 1, 2017 to the last day of September 2018, just under $1.3 trillion. A big chunk of that was the emptying out of the Social Security Trust Fund. And that number is going to get massive. Like I said, it'll add three more trillion dollars to the debt in the next six to eight years. And then it'll be out of money. It's already out. It's already out. That's why when the day they say it runs out, they're like, oh, they'll only be able to pay 76% of benefits. Which, again, is a guess. Because they have no idea what the colas are going to be for the next 8, 10 years. They're guessing. But why wouldn't it be 98% or 99% or 95%? Because we're already borrowing it. They just don't want to tell you to you that simply. And he talked about the size of all the debt that are going to have to be out there. And think about what Moody's just said. Hey, well, we got a problem. Because not only do we see all the debt that he just talked about, we see even more than that because more and more people are going to fall into the I can't make it camp. It's not me. Right? I don't want to believe that, but listen, Moody's doesn't do it if they don't know. And then, of course, he talked about corporate debt on top of it and how much, when he talks about maturing debt, you have to understand These companies have no intention of paying that debt off. It's not like, oh, hey, I made my last payment. I paid off my mortgage. Let's have a mortgage burning party. No. What companies do is they borrow, and they make minimum payments. They borrow as cheaply as they can, and they make the minimum payment. And then what do they hope? Well, in five years, seven years, whenever it is that the balloon is due, the balloon payment's due, we'll just re-borrow it again. And what, what Jeff was talking about was, hey, listen, when they borrowed it the last time, rates were near zero. They're not going to be near zero this time. And it's going to force, I don't even know, hundreds of companies out of business because they aren't going to be able to even afford the refinance. Right? The same thing like Sears, Kmart, uh, who who was it before them? Uh, The mattress company, mattress firm. That's what's happening to these companies. And you start to sit there, and like I said, you need... Listen, all I'm asking you to do, really simply, five years. You're going to be around five years? I want you to prepare for what's going to happen. Five years. The deficit is going to be over $30 trillion in skyrocketing. We're not going to have a 4% economy. It's not even going to be a 3% economy. I'm hoping it's a 2%. It could be a negative percent. 
Patriot Radio News Hour final segment coming up. 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number. It's an everything update today. Oh, they're so desperate to try to convince you that it was just a normal correction. Of course, none of them were talking about a correction until it happened. Uh, but, but nonetheless, the Dow was up on a day, and I guess I've been talking about a lot of signs of a top. And they're everywhere. Just the classic definition of tops, right? The high levels of consumer confidence, the high, uh, the low levels, I guess I should say, of unemployment and all of those other things. Today, another great example. Walmart came out and issued a profit warning for 2019 and said, hey, things aren't going to be as good as everybody out there thinks that they've lowered their their profit forecast and the Dow's up almost 400 points right that's that's all you need to know obviously that is not a good thing uh but it is one of those things everything's up today gold's up a few more bucks again uh 1229 to 1230 dollars uh silver 14 dollars 75 cents prices are up and are continuing to move in that direction. Yesterday I was off, and I had Jason and Brian run a special, and and I'll just be honest with you, no one bought it. Huge mistake. It's a mistake. I just told you what's going to happen. You think gold is going to be $1,240 with a 30 plus trillion dollar budget deficit, right? Uh, a $30 trillion national debt budget deficits that are going to be approaching $3 trillion a year. You're out of your mind. But tell you what I'm going to do, because I'm a nice guy. And let's face it, I'll be honest with you. I bought these really good a week ago, before the move. So I'm going to give you one more chance. U.S. $20 gold pieces. My choice. Because I got I got some states, I got some libs. My choice. One through nine at $1,340. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. One through nine, 13 and a quarter. Because that's what I was yesterday. So I want I want to honor that from yesterday. One through nine, thirteen and a quarter. Ten through nineteen, thirteen hundred and fifteen dollars. Twenty or more at thirteen hundred, which would put it what at seventy bucks over spot. At eight hundred nine five one. 0592, no matter what your level, whether you're buying one or you're buying 20, none of them, all, well, I should say all of them, you're buying it for less than $100 over spot. 13 and a quarter right now, spot gold, 1330. I don't care about where it is today. What I care about is where is it going to be 
five years from today. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back on a hump day. Everyone take care.